into the Word of God again this morning. Amen. And I'm calling this uh, series this month, Amen, the Temple of Truth 2, uh, because before we had uh, Temple of Truth 1, and we was talking about the Beatitudes. And as I told you, the Beatitudes just doesn't cover chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. It actually covers chapter 5, 6, and 7. Amen. And you will notice uh, with the Beatitudes, the things you want to follow is how Jesus implemented these things that he taught. And these three chapters, when he came down off that mount, you will find as you continue to follow on through Matthew, that everything that Jesus told to do in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, you see and then put it in practice in the remainder of the book in Matthew. So this is what you want to look at. Amen. So today we want to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 13 through verse 30. And I'll read this, amen, from the King James Version of the Bible. Amen. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savor... Wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden on the foot of men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Think not that I am come to destroy the law or the prophets. I am not come to destroy but to fulfill. For verily I say unto you, till heaven and earth pass, not one jot or one tittle shall in no wise pass from the law, till all be fulfilled. Whosoever, therefore, shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so, he shall be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoso shall do and teach them, the same shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I say unto you, that except your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you shall in no case enter into the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said by them of old times, Thou shalt not kill, and whosoever shall kill shall be in danger of the judgment. But I say unto you that whosoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment. And whosoever shall say to his brother Reka shall be in danger of the council. But whosoever shall say thy fool shall be in danger of hell fire. Therefore, if thou bring thy gift to the altar and there rememberest, that thy brother has ought against thee, leave there thy gift before the altar, and go thy way. First be reconciled to thy brother, and then come and offer thy gift. Agree with thine adversary quickly, while thou art in the way with him, lest at any time the adversary deliver thee to the judge, and the judge deliver thee to the officer, and thou be cast into prison. Verily I say unto thee, Thou shalt by no means come out thence till thou hast paid the uttermost farthing. Ye have heard that it was said of them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. 
But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her have committed adultery with her already in his heart. And if thy right eye offend thee, pluck it out and cast it from thee, for it is it is profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that the whole body should be cast into hell. And if thy right hand offend thee, cut it off and cast it from thee, for it is profitable profitable for thee that one of thy members should perish, and not that thy whole body should be cast into hell. Amen. So we're talking about Temple of Truth too. Amen. Paul right in here. Amen. I mean, Matthew, excuse me, is right into the church and he's trying to give us some understanding of what Jesus has said and for us to do. So the apostle Paul also admonishes us in 2 Timothy three sixteen to 17. He tells us that all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for corrections, instructions, and righteousness that the man of God shall be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Amen. And so what we're trying to do here is to move ourselves forward to where we can become what God desires of us to become and to do. Amen. So if all Scripture is given by inspiration of God, then we can see the value and importance of studying the Word of God. We can understand that without success, as the Lord told Joshua and Joshua 1, he says, Do not let this law depart out of your mouth, for in so doing you will have good success. Amen. So the Word of God is designed to bring us to that perfection that Jesus has talked about. Amen. He wants us to move on to perfection. This is why the writer of Hebrews said, we're not going to lay the foundations anymore. We're not going to lay the foundation of repentance and baptism and and all these things that you learn at the beginning. He said, we're going to do that anyhow. He said, but what you've got to learn how to do now as a Christian is you have to move on to perfection. And there's a lot of things that will take place as you're going through God's Word and studying God's Word that you have to have understanding and knowledge and wisdom. If not, it will trip you up. What a lot of times you think you're hearing is not what is being said. And so therefore, you've got to search the Scripture, Jesus says. You've got to get an understanding. Solomon says wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and with all you're getting, get and understand it. Now, if you notice here, amen, the first eight we covered already. And so therefore, if we leave the principles of the doctrine in Christ, we're going to move on to perfection. So looking at the purpose of this church, amen, what is the purpose of this church? That you might walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. See, you've got to grow in the understanding of God. This is why Peter says in Second Peter 3.18, he says, but grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to mature. You've got to grow. You can't stay a baby and hold on just to the principal things. 
you've got to move on. Amen. You've got to learn how to deal with offenses. Jesus told you offenses are going to come. People are going to do things. I'm going to say things that going to probably rock your cradle sometime. But if you're not stable and mature in Christ, you know what you'll do? You'll leave the church. This is why a lot of people leave the church. It's because they're immature. They don't know what the Word of God says and how to deal with circumstances and situations. And so, therefore, you've got to grow in God. And this is what the Beatitudes is all about because God wants you to adjust your attitude so that you know how to deal with things when it comes against you. Amen. This is warfare. <laughs> is what the Lord wants you to understand. And this is why Paul, writing to the church at Ephesus in the sixth chapter, he says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. That's what the same thing God had told Joshua. He says, You be strong and of good courage. I won't leave you. I won't forsake you. So Paul says, Finally, my brother, be strong in the Lord and the power is my. Put on the whole armor of God. Amen. Have your loins skirted about with truth. You got to know truth. Truth comes from the Word of God. Jesus says in John 8, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall what? Make you free. Amen. And if the truth makes you free, the Son make you free, you're free indeed. Okay? So, the purpose is that you might walk worthy of the Lord to all pleasing. Everything you do, God is well pleased. This is why Hebrews eleven six says, without faith is impossible to please God. You've got to walk by faith and not by sight. See? So we want to, amen, walk worthy of the Lord and be increased in the knowledge of God. Hosea 4, 6 says what? My people destroy for what? A lack of knowledge. People are, boy, one of the worst things you can do is self-destruct because you're too lazy to study. You're too lazy to put what you're hearing to use. As I said Wednesday night in our study here, you know, you can sit in church all your life and still be lazy because you're not being obedient to the Word of God. You're not doing what it's saying. God wants you to mature. He wants you to grow. The vision of the church, the church of divine leadership and spiritual growth for everyone. You know, everyone should be leaders. Lead yourself, if nothing else. <laughs> you should be leading you more and more to be like Christ. You should be leading your family. You should be leading your work. You should be, every born again believer should be a leader. Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ. And he's the greatest leader, right? Amen. So everybody should be leading. You, you own your secular job. You should be the leader. People should be following you. You should be setting the standard. You should be setting the example. Amen. For that, that work site. You know, this is what you got to do. Because you got truth. And you should know the truth. And the truth will make you free. Amen. So we must move on to perfection. We must go on to the condition and state of quality of being free from flaws and, and things that's in our lives. Amen. We are to have the ability to recognize, to discern wrong from right. 
You are to be kings and priests unto the Lord. And there are certain things that are not for kings and priests. That's why when you read Proverbs 31, a lot of times it talks, we, we usually focus on Proverbs 31 for the women, but really it starts out with the man. It says, not for kings, O Lamiel, it's not for kings to drink strong drink and, and, and wine, right? Because what happens? You mess your mind up, you divert your decision, make it process. That's why people say, what's wrong with drinking? Well, you make crazy decisions when you get drunk. You make wrong choices. You know? And people still mind haven't figured that out. They keep going right back to the bottle and then they won, they lose their driver's license. When they can't drive, then it's, it's, it's the cop's fault for stopping them. No. <laughs> you just made wrong choices because you let the foolishness get in your head. Been there, did that. See? And so, therefore, we have to realize God wants us to move to a higher plateau in this thing. Amen. We are called to be distinct. You are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him which has called you out of darkness and to his marvelous light. Amen. So we have to realize we don't want to self-destruct and we do not want to destroy ourselves. Paul says in Romans 6, For if you have been baptized into Jesus Christ, you have put on Christ. Amen. I mean Galatians. But in, in Romans 6, once you are baptized, you are risen to walk in newness of life. Amen. You are supposed to be a new creature in Christ moving forth. Amen. And so, therefore, we cannot allow the things of this world to hinder us from being leaders and what God is asking of us to be. So, today, we want to look at now, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Notice Jesus says, you are the salt of the earth. Salt of the earth. And then he says, if the salt have lost his, H-I-S, savor, well, where shall it be salted? It's good for nothing to be cast out and men walk all over you. Amen. It's, it's good for nothing. So notice, you are the salt of the earth. Now, the world has tried to tell you that salt is bad for you. They say, you got too much salt. No, Jesus says salt is good. <laughs> if you look at Matthew, I think it's not Mark nine fifty. He says salt is good. See, so so salt is good, and that's what Jesus is trying to get you to see. You're good. See, he said you are good, and so therefore you should be able to change your surroundings. You should be able to influence and impact your surroundings. What comes to your mind when you think of influence? Good influence or negative influence? What, what comes to your mind? Huh? Anybody? Influence. Example? 
da 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 <laughs> What comes to your mind when you think of influence? That's a question I'm asking. Change, okay? Other people following? Amen. So we are supposed to influence our surroundings. Say, we are supposed to be the ones that impact people around us. We are the ones that are supposed to influence this world. The world is not supposed to influence you. You're supposed to influence the world. You're supposed to change the world so that the world can see. Amen. When Jesus says, after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you're going to be witnesses unto me. And Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the whole earth. Everywhere you go as a Holy Ghost-filled believer, you are supposed to impact that area and change that area. Amen. To where it can see Christ in you, the hope of glory. This is what salt does. It preserves. It's a preserver. It stops things from rottening. <laughs> Amen. And so you are supposed to notice, he says, you are salt. You are the influence. You are the one that changes things around you. Amen. It's what he wants you and I to become. Amen. To change when you see wrong. You see things not right. You're supposed to change it. Because you have the truth. You have the power within you to make a difference. Amen. So he says you are salt. Amen. And you are the preserver. You don't want things to keep decaying. Things to keep going wrong. Make a difference. So Christians, by their lives and instructions from God's word, we are to be influenced on the world to keep it from continual destroying. We can continue to say, everybody in the world is crazy, everybody in the world is wrong, everybody, this world is everything and everything is wrong. Well, when are you going to change it? See, we can beat up the people out there all day long. They don't know. See? And so this is why we are sought to bring a change, to show them the way. When is the last time you went up to somebody and asked them, say, hey, would you like to have a Bible study? When is the last time you taught a Bible study? When is the last time you knocked on your neighbor's door and, and tried to influence them? Somebody posted a a thing on Facebook I was looking at one day, and it was around Easter time. It was kind of interesting, you know. And uh, the couple was the neighbor to the next the house over. And so the, the couple was getting ready to go to church. They had the kids all dressed up pretty and looking good. The husband had his tie. He looked good. The wife looked good. So the neighbor was out in front watering his lawn, had on his bathrobe and his pajamas on his bathrobe and stuff. And he's out there watering his lawn and stuff. And so the, the, the man wanted to get a good picture of him and his wife and his kids getting ready to go to Easter service. So he calls to his neighbor next door and says, Hey, could I get you to do me a favor? 
And he says, sure, what do you want? He said, will you take our picture? And he said, sure, I'd be more than happy. And so they was posing and taking the picture. And finally the neighbor took the picture and he says, where are you guys going? They said, we're going to church. Going to church? Yeah, it's Easter. We're going to church. And he says, okay. And they started to walk away. He looked around and says, and you don't think that was important to share and tell me about it? I went, wow. We get dressed. We walk out of our house. We go to church. We don't think it's important to tell those we come in contact with what we found, what we have discovered. Don't you think we should share that with them? If they go to hell, you know what the Lord says in Ezekiel? He says, I'm going to hold you responsible. Because you knew. But yet we don't do we. How many people do we come in contact with on a day-to-day basis? We walk through Walmart. We walk through Sears. We walk through Penny's. We walk through the mall. We go to restaurants. The, the ladies bring our food. The waiters, the waitress, they bring our food and stuff. And yet we don't say a thing to them about the Lord. I will give my wife credit. When she puts a tip in, that 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 thing at the end, she always put a church card in there with a note on it that says, we would love to have you to visit us at church. And a lot of times we talk to those waitresses and waiters and stuff. When we walk through the door at Walmart, I mean... Uh, there for a while, I mean, some of them has changed now. We're trying to get to know them. But most of them knew. They knew if I came in by myself, they would say, where's your wife? You know, because we would stop and talk to them and pray with them and hug them and get to know them. You know, have a conversation with them. You're salt. You've got to make a difference on your jobs. You know, make a difference. On some, Jude said, have compassion. Make a difference. Others, save with fire. Save, amen, pulling them out of fire. Hating even their garments spotted by the flesh. We are the salt of the earth, amen. So as Christians, we must be influenced, amen, for this world to to bring them to an understanding. You know, a lot of people condemn Kim Davis in Kentucky when she did not, you know, want to sign those marriage lies. And it was sad because a lot of Christians were saying, she shouldn't do that. She shouldn't do that. You know, why weren't we praying for her? You know, what Kim was saying is, I'll show you what salt is supposed to be. You know, I'll show you that I'm not going to cave in. I'm going to make a difference in my environment. Amen. And this is what we've got to have is the right attitude about right things and being influenced. Amen. By bringing down the blessings of God in answer to their prayers and by the influence and example. You know what I found about people? 
Most people won't turn you away if you want to pray for them. You know? Especially when people are going through things and they come to talk to you about things. You know, you don't have to go into all kinds of details and stuff. You could just say, well, let's pray. That's usually what I do. When somebody come up to me and, and start telling me something, my first instinct is says, let's pray about it right now. You know, I don't say I'll be praying for it later. I, I tell them right there, right then, let's pray right now. You know, and, and as a result, they see and they get to hear that you are praying for them. That's influence. That's bringing the change. It may not impact right then, but later on down the road, you never know what that's going to do to people. You know, people will call you. People will look you up. People will begin to talk about how you prayed for them and, and the, if things change. You know, I got a lady that has never came to this church, but sometimes she'll send me a text and say, will you pray for this for us? You know? Will you pray for that? They're doing better. Keep praying. Don't stop praying. You know, and that's what it's all about is we got to be that influence. Jesus also shows us here what the preaching of the gospel is all about. Amen. It's to bring that change. That's what the gospel does is brings change to people's life. But if the salt is lost its savor, wherewithal shall it be salt? It is thenceforth good for nothing but to be cast out and to cast unto the foot of men and let men walk all over you. Salt is good for nothing if it's not doing its purpose. Are you doing your purpose? What is your purpose? That you might walk worthy of the Lord and to all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Amen. What is the purpose of the Holy Ghost? To be a witness, right? Look at Luke 4, 18 and 19. Luke 4, 18, 19. Jesus says, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. No exception. Everybody. Amen. It's to receive the gospel. Your witness, your testimony of what God has done in your life, you're just being sold. You're to preach the gospel to the poor. Tell them that Jesus died for their sin, that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day. Amen. Keep that up there, bro. Amen. Show them. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Amen. That the gospel is for the poor. Preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. He sent me to do what? Heal the broken hearts. How I many you know somebody's got a broken heart? Amen. Think about it. You know, people's hearts are being broken constantly. Making wrong choices, wrong marriages, all kinds of stuff. You know, and people's hearts are broke. But you as the salt, you can be that comforter. You can be that, that support network to help them. Amen. And those times of brokenness that they're going through. The priest's deliverance to the captives. Amen. Help people get free. 
show them on the right track, put them on the right road, you know, share with them so that they can see the truth of the matter and they can come out of those snares. Amen. Recover of sight to the blind. The reason people are doing a lot of the things they're doing is they can't see. Paul says if this gospel is hid, it's hid to them who's lost and whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them, lest the glorious gospel of Christ should be revealed to them. That's why people keep doing wrong. They can't see. The enemy's got them blind. That's why people keep going right back to the drugs. That's why people keep going right back to the alcohol. They can't see. They're blind. Their eyes has got to be, those scales has got to come off. They've got to come into a revelation and a knowledge of who Christ is and give their life over to Him. If not, they're going to keep going down that same pathway. So they've got to be able to see. Amen. What did the blind man say? I once was lost. I mean, I was blind, but what? Now I see. Amen. When Jesus opened his eyes, when you present the gospel, you're giving them Jesus so that their eyes can be open. Amen. To set at liberty them that are bruised. This is what you're trying to do. This is the purpose of the Holy Ghost in you. Witness. Yes, the word witness means martyr and be, that you'll be killed, but you've got to be willing to commit yourself to the things of God. Amen. It's what you want to do because you're salt. Amen. Salt brings that sweet taste, that good taste out. You know, most of you like me, you get some, some French fries and they ain't got enough salt on them, you want some salt, right? Because it makes the brand. A, a watermelon, you get a watermelon, you put some salt on it, it brings the sweetness out. You ever try that? Try it. See, don't it? Put salt on your wool of melon. Sometimes see it brings out more sweetness. Amen. You go down south, man. That's the first thing they do. You give them a slice of watermelon, they want some salt. Amen. They put on it. Same thing with a tomato. You know, you put the salt on tomato. It, it brings out the, the savory things of it. You know, cut your finger and stick it in salt. <laughs> it'll, it'll make you feel a little bit. <laughs> Amen. Change the environment, right? Amen. And so this is what the gospel is all about, is to bring in that sweetness, that goodness. See, because God is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to the knowledge of the truth. See, and he is the truth. And so he wants everybody to know him. And so you're the influencer. You're the one that changes. You know, let your light shine, Jesus says. Notice, he gives you two things to influence people by. One is salt. He tells you, that's you. And then he says, next, light. See? Because why? God is light. And in him is no darkness at all. John says in 1 John 1, okay? He says, if we say that we have fellowship with him... And walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, the Son, cleanses us from all unrighteousness. See, the light. Amen. I was, I was messing with God yesterday at the men's conference. And he gave me a cup of coffee. 
and I put some some half and half in it, and it went from black, you know how cream will change. And he says, "Man, you messed that coffee up. I snored, didn't I? Just went from darkness to light." <laughs> you know, <laughs> but and that's the you see how things change. Well, that's the same way God was trying to get you and I to see. Because he's in you, you are light. When you walk into the room, if everybody in there don't even go to church, you're supposed to brighten up the environment. The environment is supposed to be brightened because you just walked in. Lights automatically supposed to come on. You know, and they should be able to see in you something totally different your attitude your actions your way of life should be a light to them should be just glowing all over the place and they should be able to say man what's this this guy is a gal is different because the light jesus says i'm the light of the world he says you don't buy a light and put it on a bushel you set it on a candlestick so it gives light where? To the whole room. You don't walk on your job. You don't walk in Walmart and places and put your light out. You let it shine. Amen. You let it be seen because you are making a change. You're saying really by your demeanor and everything is I'm coming in here to make a change. I'm coming in here to show the light of Jesus Christ. I don't have to open my mouth. I don't have to say a word just by the presence of you walking in there should be able, people should be able to see something totally different. Just by your character, just by your attitude, just by your actions, it should all be a, a change. You are the light of the world. In him was life, and the life was what? light and he came to give you life and that more abundantly and so if you've got life then you should have light (laughs) and the light should shine and the light should reveal and the light should open a clear understanding Amen. Jesus says in John 8, 12, Then spake Jesus unto them, I am the light of the world. He that follow me should not walk in darkness, but should have the light of life. Amen. John three seventeen through 21. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but the world through him might be saved. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he have not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither come to the light, lest their deeds should be reproved. But he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be manifested. They are the works of God. Amen. He says, here's condemnation, Nicodemus. Light is in the world. 
Jesus says, I'm here. He says, men love what? Evil. Better work more than the light. But if you're going to do right, you need to come to the light. And it will reprove that your works, what you're doing is of God. Amen. You walk into a dark room, you hit the switch, boom, the light comes on. You know, and the darkness is gone. Uh, how many times you ever played a game and says, let's put a blindfold on you and blindfold you so you can't see. Sometimes it don't get it tight. You can still see that little bit of light under there, can't you? You know, and and you can still see where you're going. No matter how much they think they got you in darkness, just a little bit not right tight, you can still see there's light. So you don't need a whole lot. See? You can still see. And that's what you are to be, is that light to so others can see. Just a little bit of Christ. Let them see just that little bit. It's going to make a difference. Faith comes by hearing. Amen. Praise God. So, in 1 John, I just already quoted it, but he says if we walk in the light, as he's in the light, we're going to have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus, amen, will cleanse us from all sins. If we cannot influence change by our good words and godly character to a lost and dying world, we may be losing our abilities. As I said last week, and I think of maybe Wednesday night to the Bible study group, was that Eli was found guilty by God for one thing. He let the light go out. The priest's job was to make sure that those candlesticks never went out. Amen. From the inception of the law, God told Moses to tell Aaron they were to order oil from morning to evening. Amen. Pure olive oil so that the light does not go out. That olive oil represents the Holy Ghost. You are supposed to get up in the morning and get a double dose of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Recharge your lamp. Amen. And the Holy Ghost throughout the afternoon, you're supposed to get you another dose. Amen. To keep you burning. So you burn pure and bright until the coming of the Lord. Amen. You want to keep doing these things. Praise God. Amen. Vaughn's commentary on the Bible states, that we are to glorify God in these things. Glorify your Father. Praise or honor God are to be led by worshiping Him. See in your lives the excellence of religions and the power and purity of the gospel. They may be one to be Christians also and give praise and glory to God for His mercy and to a lost world. Amen. So notice that men shall see your good works and glorify your Father. That's what it's all about, to bring others into the knowledge of truth. And they will be able to say, look what the Lord has done for me. And when we are praising God, when we are magnifying God, here we learn that one, that religions, if it exists, cannot be concealed. 
If you have the true goods, you can't hide it. If you have the truth of the gospel in you, it can't be hid. It's going to be seen. Number two, that where it is not manifest in the life, it don't exist. If you ain't got it, it ain't there. Number three, that professors of religion who live like other people give evidence that they have never truly been converted. See? If you continue to live the old life, the old way, you haven't changed. See? But if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. And the salt and the light should be seen. The salt and the light should be being used for its intended purpose. To expose darkness and bring people to the marvelous light. That's why Peter said, you are chosen generation. Your light is supposed to shine. You are the candlestick. You are the church. Amen. So if it's not there, if it's not being seen, if salt isn't being seen in you and light isn't being seen in you, then you may not be converted. You know, it's got to be revealed. Number four, that to attempt to conceal or hide our Christian knowledge of our experience is to betray our, our trust, injure the cause of piety, and to render our lives useless. Notice, you don't hide your knowledge. You don't hide what God is doing in you. This thing, as Paul told, told Agrippa, was not dead in a corner. It was open. And so, therefore, you must be open. Amen. So don't try to attempt to hide it. A lot of times, people go on their jobs and stuff, or go to their work site, and they don't want people to know they're Christians. They try to hide. Oh, I don't want people to know I'm a Christian. They're going to talk about me. They're going to persecute me. They're going to say things about me. They're going to tease me. They're going to... Really? You already knew that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You already know that was going to happen. Jesus told you that from the beginning. (laughs) He said, when these things happen, don't think it's strange. He says, because they already did him and the prophets before you. So it's going to happen. If you ain't happened yet, hold on. I guarantee you, I'll give you a $100 bill if it doesn't happen. <laughs> it's going to happen. Amen. So you might as well go on and be who you're supposed to be and stop hiding. Somebody out there needs to hear it and see it. Let it shine. Let it be revealed. So... Be ready to give an answer of everyone that has the hope in you. Amen. Let me be real. That's the best play thing to do. Man, share the love of God. Somebody is looking for how to get out of captivity. Somebody is looking how to be delivered from a broken heart. Somebody's looking. They they want help. They are looking for answers out there. And it's up to us. Don't hide the light. Just let it shine. Amen. Praise God. Because you don't want God to not trust you. You want him to know that he can trust you. 
even more. And that good actions will be seen and will lead people to honor God. Amen. And if we have no other way of doing good, if we are poor and unlearned and unknown, yet we may do good by our lives. No sincere and humble Christian lives in vain. Amen. Whatever we are doing, we're doing it to the glory of the Lord. Amen. And in Shakespeare, in his play, he says, How far the little candor throws its beams, so shine a good deed and a naughty world. Amen. The world is naughty. So shine. Shine. Shine, shine, shine. Amen. Be bright. Be cheerful. Be joyful. Amen. Think not that I am come to destroy the world. Amen. But salt, light, amen, is what God is looking for in you and I. And it's what he wants more than anything. Amen. So you have to study to see how you apply things. Amen. Learn how to be the light. Learn how to be the salt. Amen. Learn how to bring the right word. The Bible says in Solomon, a word fitly spoken in due season. How good is it? Say, God gave us two of these, right? And one of these. And so if you listen, don't listen, amen, to answer all the time. Listen to hear. Listen to what people are saying. When you follow your master's instructions and what, when you follow Jesus' teaching, amen, he never answered a question until people, he had an understanding of what they were saying. And then when he spoke that word, they said, wow, we never heard it like this before. This is your wisdom. Get wisdom. Get knowledge. Get understanding. So just be a listening in ear. And then when you give that right word, you know what you're doing? You're seasoning you're bringing out the sweetness, the goodness. Amen. Many devices are in the hearts of a man, the Bible says. But a man of understanding would draw it out. Amen. People are looking. And now it's up to us to make sure that we are that salt. Amen. That can bring that change. That rotten life. <laughs> That, that life that seems like it's been decaying, and been, been eaten up, kinker worms, caterpillars, and all these things that has been eating people's lives, you can just put a little salt on it and bring it right around to be good. Those that has been sitting in darkness all this time and don't have any hope, amen, and think all hope is gone, you can walk in and show them. When they begin to ask you, what is it about you differently? And in love and kindness, you can begin to share with them your testimony. You don't have to talk about doctrine. You don't have to talk about anything else. You can just share what God did in your life. Because nobody can dispute your testimony of what God has done in your life. And as you begin to share your testimony with them, you are bringing light. You are bringing knowledge. You are bringing understanding. And then they will be able to cry out and say to you, what must I do 
to be saved. Just like when you look at Acts 16, Paul and Silas was in the deep parts of the dungeon. Amen. But what did they do? They sang psalms and praises to the Lord. And when that guard called for what? He called for a light. And sprang it in. He says, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And they says, just believe on the Lord Jesus Christ in your house and you shall be saved. And they took him that very hour and baptized him. Amen. And he continued on with the Lord. Amen. And this is what it's all about. Your light. So when they're calling for light, be the light. When they're saying circumstances is out of control, pray. That's all you got to do, and you'll make a difference. Amen. So this is where we're going to head this month. Amen. And this uh, Sunday morning discipleship on the Temple of, of Two. Amen. And we'll be back and forth in a lot of this. And so if you have questions, amen.